listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the podcast. Last week, last podcast episode, I introduced you to one of my coaches, and this week I want to introduce you to another of my coaches. Again, this is one of those coaches that has been with me since the very beginning, uh, and so I am so happy that I get to have with me today Nina Potter. Nina has been a coach with me since the beginning, but had, came to me with lots of different skills, lots of different understandings about couples. Here's the other thing. Nina has been through some some episodes in relationships enough that she has been there, done that, and uses that as a way of making sure that she helps couples get around that. Today, I get a chance to talk to Nina about how she came to be a coach, not just how she came to be a coach, but how she pulled together her own sources of, of knowledge and information together into a way of helping relationships. And Nina gives you some great wisdom that every couple needs to understand. Join me now as I get a chance to talk a little bit with Nina Potter. Nina, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk with you. And more than that, I'm really excited for everybody to hear and learn about you and your work as a coach. You've been on my team for a while. We'll get into how long uh, shortly, but you've been here a while and I know how many people you've helped. So I really wanted this to be an opportunity for people to get to know you and also to get to know some of your wisdom. So let's start with kind of how you got to here. Tell me a little bit about how you, you came through life and arrived here at, uh, at the, in the world of coaching. Great. Well, it started as a, as a kid, uh, wanting love like all children do, and then becoming a teenager and uh, really struggling with with relationships as a, as a teenager and I did all the wrong things I learned from all the wrong places and it, it turned out to be kind of a disaster and then I, I married rather young and was uh, did, did everything wrong that I could possibly do wrong and ended up divorced and brokenhearted at 30 and then had a succession of, of um, pretty painful heartbreaks um, from there until I was uh, 50, really. And I was always on the hunt for better knowledge. And, and my relationships did improve over that time. I got better at it because I was constantly learning. But it wasn't until I got the professional coaching training. Um, and that came about because I, I was working in industrial sales and the, the terrorist attacks came in the, the, the 9-11 thing and I lost that job and I decided in that moment I was never going to take another job that didn't feed my soul and, and, and really satisfy and fulfill me at, at a deep level. So I spent a couple, oh, probably four to six weeks really diving into who I was, what filled me up, and it, at the end of that time, I realized I wanted to be a counselor. Um, but I didn't really want to be a psychologist and work with people who were in, you know, really messed up. So I realized with some research that there was a, a new and emerging field called coaching, and it was exactly the right fit for me. It allowed me to to help people 
in in the ways that I wanted to in terms of helping them to transcend whatever they were stuck in, uh, whatever they were unhappy about, and help them to grow and learn. And I got to do it with them. Um, it, it wasn't just about all what was up in their head, but it was both. It was both the actions they were taking, the skills they were building. It was basically what 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 I was doing and and how I was improving my life. So it was a way to model that to the world to become a coach. And through the coaching, I then learned how to have a wonderful relationship with my mates. And I continue to learn and grow in the most wonderful, emotionally connected, fun relationship where we grow and learn together and it just keeps getting better because I'm, I'm using all the tools that I've learned in my coaching training and I'm applying it and everything I teach my clients is kitchen tested. So I, I know it works. Well, let's go back a little bit about that because a lot of people think that uh, the only place uh, th- these coaches are coming from, uh, whoever they are, is from perfect places. And really, um, most people in coaching have gotten to coaching because they're working, they, they have already worked through and realized a, a path through. So you've actually experienced a lot of the brokenness of relationships and figured out the pieces after the fact. Absolutely. And and that's been a real thrill for me to be able to see all the mistakes I've made over the years. And, and rather than regretting them, I'm grateful because they, they gave me this opportunity to learn. I know what I'm learning is right because I can look back and go, oh, yeah, wow, I did the opposite of that. And I see what that did. And I see what could have happened had I done this, had I done this right. And I get to share that with my clients. Yeah. So, so the, all these people are benefiting, and I would do that all day long. If 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 I can if I can take a hit so that I can help fifty or a hundred or a thousand people um, not make that mistake, I'll do that. That's where the passion always comes from from a coach. Our, our coaching doesn't come from a vacuum. We all have these places that we're working because of the passion we have for helping people find a different way through. And that certainly is your story. So you joined my team kind of circuitously. You, you um, uh, didn't just walk straight into relationship coaching. You have some other training. Talk a little bit about the other pieces of the puzzle that came together, and and then we can talk about how you came on to my team. Sure. Great. Yeah, I have been studying life coaching, um, not in the traditional way of where all you do is ask questions, but I learned uh, a lot of of, of very esoteric skills, uh, neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis. So my early coaching, when I did go to the traditional coaching training, I blew through it really fast because I thought, well, this is, you know, this is, this is so simple compared to what I had. I had been doing some really deep, deep work um, and spent years in different coaching schools. And ultimately I ended up in, um, a a coaching school specifically for relationships. So I went through uh, coaching for singles, coaching for couples, advanced coaching, and then I got really hungry because I was learning so much and it was so amazing that I went out and did every training that that came across my desk that I, I 
take. I did all kinds of specialized trainings, and I was I was doing those along with the life coaching. So I've done a lot of of parts work. Where if if anyone's ever seen the movie Inside Out, they maybe got familiar that we have a lot of different parts, and that's one of the things that comes up in coaching a lot. Is well, part of me wants to do this, or the other part of me wants to do that, or I really want to do this, but then this ugly monster shows up and sabotages everything. Well. I've been I've been trained in working with parts. I work with heart math, um, which is a wonderful process of of self regulation um, that's really profoundly effective for being able to show up and to be able to build resiliency, so we can handle when when we're in crisis. We we can be very weak, but when you have really good tools. You, you rise to the occasion and you use these tools automatically because you've built up this resiliency. You can handle more and it allows you to get through not just relationship, but every other crisis in your life. So these tools for, for life apply to relationships along, of course, with all the specialized relationship work. So I was in the relationship course training and was in, invited by my instructor at the time to to work because she was so impressed with how I was working. Of course, I'd had so much training at that point uh, that I was so good in, in the labs, in the training, that it was a natural, it was a natural fit to come on board and start actually really applying it and from the first my first client working with you was just a joy this is one of those things i've I've had several people ask me about my coaches and and um the how the coaching came to be uh for anybody who's not familiar is that i was getting overwhelmed i had too many people coming to me asking for help and i just couldn't do it and so i began to look for uh people who could help me so as I've talked with people and they've asked me about who I have as coaches, one of the things they often say is, oh, so you've trained them all yourself. And my response is, well, I've added to the training. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, but um, I looked for the people who were the best. I didn't start by saying, OK, you know, whoever wants to be a coach, come on. We handpicked. I handpicked the people uh, that came on. We meaning I had some help from uh, your instructor um, and I went to the sources of the best places that had already trained people to do this work and said, help me find the best of the best. And then I took those and said, OK, let's become familiar with my process. And so uh, the reason I wanted you to say that, Nina, is this is not about someone who has for three months or six months or even a year just kind of gone through material. You've been working as a coach for years and came in to my program fully equipped and ready to coach, not just with with my methods, but adding on your own tool set and, and helping people to understand how to use those pieces. So that was why I wanted you to highlight that because you, you, it's not just mine. You have your own tool set and we've added on my tools, but you already came in fully equipped. So Nina, what, what do you see as your role as a coach? What is it that you see as what you do when you're in that coaching relationship? Well, I like to think of it as, is, walking hand in hand uh, with my client through through each step of the process of uh, 
first of all, of, of their, their own understanding. So we, we work on the internal track together, which is the internal track, of course, is what's going on inside your mind. What are your thoughts, feelings, perceptions, um, beliefs? So I, I work with those. And then we walk on the external track, which are the actions they're taking and the skills that they're building. So I love to see like where a client is stuck and, and help them get moving again, help them grow forward. I also like helping helping them with their skill building. That's really fun. Um, I provide a lens and a mirror for them to be able to see a different way, have a different perspective, and, um, and a personalized plan that's specifically for them. Uh, the materials in your program are absolutely brilliant and they're written for, for all relationships. And then I help them apply specifically to them and their spouse because they're, they're individuals and their marriage. So that gets to be really fun uh, to get that specificity and to specifically get the right tools that they in particular are needing. Yeah, and that's one of the things I've often heard when people have, have talked about your coaching is that it gave them a whole new perspective and a tool set, and they were able to, to figure it out. And, and you're, you're exactly right. My feeling is that coaching in our program is designed to take the system and make it the client's system, their system, specific, and that specifically applies to their situation. Uh, so if you're – obviously, uh, anybody can benefit from that, but coaches all have a, a certain um, – ideal client. So what would be your ideal client? For me, it would be um, any any partner that's really committed to, to being responsible for their attitudes and their behaviors and, and they have a willingness to grow and to learn and to apply those, those new teachings and what they're learning in, in their relationship and that they're committed to the process. They're committed to themselves. They need to be committed to themselves and committed to a life of loving. So it's kind of like they're committed to love and, and their relationship. Okay. And, and do you have, um, just curious, some kind of ground rules of what you expect from that client, what you need to have coming your way in order to best work? Well, certainly honesty is the first thing. Uh, I need honesty and transparency. If I don't know what's really going on for them, I can't help them. And I bring a tremendous amount of compassion. So there's really no reason for them to not be able to be open and honest with me. Is I, I don't judge. I'm, I'm there and I'm seeing whatever mistakes they may have made. First of all, I've probably made a great deal of them. <laughs> And, and I know that that is the source of their greatest genius mm. is the mistakes they've made. So I'm not seeing them when they come to me and they talk about what they've done wrong. Uh, I, I look at that and say, great, what can we learn from that? Right. We take this. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is a big shift for people. I think everybody, we're, we're so used to trying to put on our best face. And um, 
your best face is not where coaching happens. Uh, the, <laughs> it happens from saying, you know, this didn't work or I need help with this or I don't know how to do this. And uh, part of that is the, the grist for the mill of coaching. And, uh, and I do like that. That honesty piece you talked about as a basic tenet. I've, I've worked with people who at some point I realized were not telling me the whole story. And unfortunately, the whole story is usually where uh, growth can happen. Uh, so you're pointing out some great places that uh, f- first for people to understand what kind of goes into that and, and what your expectation is. And second, a way to approach that at any time, which, which raises a, a question for me of I've, over all this time, you've worked with lots of, of different couples, lots of different um, approaches to that, too. So what are some um, nuggets of wisdom that you've kind of pulled from that? Maybe things that you find yourself teaching over and over enough to recognize that there is a core there. So what are some pieces of wisdom that you pass on to couples? Well, I think a big one is being in an intention to learn instead of an intention to control or defend, which is kind of most of us, that's our default. That's just where we go. We're, we're afraid, especially when we're afraid, when we're afraid, we, we want to control and defend. And there's no love in that. Our, our love shows when we get curious about what's going on. It's sort of a, wow, well, like what might they be experiencing themselves that they that I would be getting this reaction? And are they responding to me or reacting to what I'm doing? How can I be, how can I be different? So I think being in an intention to learn is, is really critical. So that's, let's, let's call that an important shift to go from, uh, from fear or trying to um, not appear to have messed up, so appearances, to wanting to grow from it. And so the shift is from fear to growth. Yes, and curiosity. And curiosity. Yeah, and wonder, you know, who, who is this person? They've, they've changed in, in, in ways that I don't understand, and I need to get curious now. Yeah, yeah. And get to know them. And I think also um, focusing on the good, we get so used to focusing on what's not right and what we want to fix, but focusing on not only the good in our partner, but the good in ourselves too, Re- really focusing there. And the cool thing about that is when we do that, it makes us happier. If you're focused on negatives, there's no way you're going to be happy focusing on negatives. But as soon as you start focusing on what's positive and it's like you become happier. And of course, you're a lot more attractive mm-hmm. when you're happier and you're a lot more resourceful. It, it keeps you out of anxiety uh, when, when you're focusing on what's right instead of what's wrong. Okay. So let's just kind of actualize that for a second. So if somebody is listening to this and going, okay, that's easy to say, how do right. I do it? What, what are a couple of ways that you would suggest someone make that switch? I think it takes um, a, a, a new practice of it might take writing it down. I think writing down things are really powerful. So it might mean I have to make a list every day of things that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. or a list of, of things that I like about my partner every day. Make, maybe, write, maybe you write three things down each and every day, three different things uh, about what I like about myself, what I like about my partner. Uh, I think it's important to remember to breathe. I think everything starts with the breath and having the skills to be able to self-regulate by just slowing down 
and getting your breath rhythmic and even, focusing in the center of your chest, maybe bringing in a positive emotion to go with that. That can be really, really powerful too. That can allow you to slow down enough um, and it gets you out of your head. When you're up in your head, it's kind of crazy town up there. And that's where you're going to be picking apart. It's what our mind is good at doing is mm-hmm. finding problems. Our mind wants to solve problems. When we can drop down, you know, just even putting your hand in the middle of your chest and then slowing your breathing down brings you down into your heart. And from there, it's much easier to access what's good and what's right and then, and then creating those lists to follow it up and to strengthen it. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about our mind wanting to solve problems because one of the things I've noticed is that our mind does a good job of creating problems to solve. <laughs> so oh, yes. If, it if things are too good, sometimes we uh, whip up a problem that we then have to solve in, in order to give our mind what it likes to do. I think those are great suggestions. Um, I, I think that uh, that's a major shift that I see people struggle with at this beginning of the process because – they often say, I want to save my marriage, but they often aren't sure they like their spouse at that point. And uh, I've heard many times people say, you know, there's nothing there to like. And my response is really because, I mean, I, I think any person has some pieces to like. And so that's a challenge for you. And, and your suggestion is that that challenge could actually lead to some shifts in their perspective and shifts in their emotional state even that might have ramifications for the relationship. Exactly. Good. Other pieces of wisdom you you think would be helpful? Uh, Well, I think that a lot of us are reluctant to make requests. We're afraid we're going to be turned down. It it requires a a certain degree of vulnerability. And we, we end up in a, like a, just the bad habit from our culture of, of complaining and even worse, criticizing. Mm. So underneath, any criticism or any complaint, there is a request. Mm. So starting to look for what is, first of all, what is the request that I'm making instead of criticizing or complaining? What is the request I'm trying to make? And then seeking it in the other. If your spouse is critical or complaining, seeing if you can find the request underneath that. That is a powerful piece. I, I, I think that um, we are in a culture of complaint and re- not recognizing that every complaint uh, is really a request that, that hasn't been, been made. And I always think uh, my, uh, my, one of my favorite people, Jack Canfield, says that it's a no if you don't ask. You know, it's already a no. Yeah. We start at no. And there's a possibility for a yes, but not unless you ask. So that's a great piece of information uh, and, and really even just that thought process of going, okay, if I've got this complaint, if, I, if I'm criticizing and complaining, what is the request I'm not making? Um, and part of what that does is it, it means that it's no longer what the other person's doing wrong, but my role in not clarifying that. Yes, that's huge. And that's the beginning of partnership and getting back to that all-important we. Yeah. It's so important, and and that's I think that's uh, that's the a, a really important step to getting there when you enroll and and letting your partner know what they can do to help or asking them, you know what what can I how can I help you fulfill this request, and when they make a request, asking them for help if you need help from them. Yeah, yeah. Same. 
you know, I would love to do that for you. And can you, you know, can you give me a reminder or um, what, you know, whatever would help to fulfill the request? Yep. Yep. That's great. Uh, so, Nina, I'm trying to remember, uh, how many years has it been that you've been on my team? It's been <laughs> over five. I don't know what that five uh, years I was trying to remember if it's six, six or seven years, but you've been with me a long time in this process and have talked to a lot of people. And uh, hopefully we'll continue talking to a lot of people. So um, since we're kind of running out of time, let's just quickly tell people that uh, if there's something that has connected, uh, Nina, how can they contact you? Well, they can contact me. They can call me at 651-214-6803, or they can email at Nina at SaveTheMarriage.com. Although I need to test that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's that. That's correct. So okay. Nina, SaveTheMarriage.com. And, and let's just make that very easy because since you're a coach, uh, you work by phone. So the best way of making initial contact to not disrupt a session would be to email you, uh, Nina at SaveTheMarriage.com. And, uh, and if, that, if there's something that has been here that has resonated with you, um, my suggestion is that uh, Nina might be an excellent coach. That's sometimes one of those indicators that, that there, if there's something that resonates with you, uh, that that makes sense to follow through with. Nina, thank you for being here today. Thank and, you. And thank you for being on the team. Uh, thank you for all the years of service you've given to help save marriages around the world. Um, and uh, I look forward to us having further podcasts uh, down the road. Me too. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. dot